Hello everyone, my name is Kendall and welcome to Unofficial Book Club, where life and stories meet. And just like any book club, we'll only be spending half the time actually talking about books. And this is that half. In these book club episodes of this podcast, my guests and I will be bonding over my favorite hobby, reading. Getting to know their relationship to books, the ones they love, the ones that have made the biggest impact on them, and so much more. Now, before we get started, I want to remind you that my guests and I will be sharing our own personal experiences, opinions, and possible book spoilers throughout this episode and all future episodes. Let's get started. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another book club episode, and I'm joined again by my friend, Leah. Leah, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to talk books. I know, and this will be the second time we're doing this, unfortunately, um, because if you listen to the previous episode, um, we recorded our book club episode like a month or two ago, and unfortunately, I didn't test the audio, so um, we're going to have to do it again, because it was not a very good version, but luckily enough for all of you guys, I have videos from our first time around, which show very genuine reactions to certain books from Leah, et cetera, that are going to be the clips I use for Instagram. And then today we'll just talk about probably a lot of the same books, but also some new ones because things have happened since then. So I'm really excited and I'm glad that you're here to talk about it with me. Yeah, me too. So I know the answer to this already, but Leah, do you like to read and what is your relationship to reading? I love to read. Um, and I'm so like, I, since we talked the first time, I feel like I've had a reinvigorated love for it, which has been so nice. Um, but it's kind of like a tumultuous relationship at times because I have had to read so much for law school and just for work um, that I do have periods where I don't want to look at another written word outside of working hours. Um, so that tends to happen pretty frequently, but I am now really enjoying it again. And I'm hoping that I'll be able to stick with it more frequently. Um, yeah. Cause I do really love reading non-work related things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so it's been nice to yeah. get back to it. Yeah. I haven't like really, I think when I talk on my podcast, usually about my relationship to reading, it's always been this like, Oh, it's a very constant thing. And it, it is. But like during college was probably the only time in my life where I wasn't reading as much as I am now. And it was coming out of college that I like hit a hundred books that first year out of college. Cause it was, it was, yeah, for two years straight, it was like, well, when I had no friends, I was like in a new city. (laughs) Um, But also I had like so much time in the jobs I was doing. I was on my feet all the time. I was talking to people. So the time that I wanted by myself was reading. You have now the opposite. (laughs) So I understand being like, you know what, if I have to read another word, like I'll, I want to just watch TV or I want to just do exercise or something that doesn't make me do that. Exactly. Yeah. Using different, I don't know, mechanisms in your brain. Yeah. Yeah. They just get a little tired after a long day of research. Yeah. And so did you read a lot as a kid too, or only as your adult life? No, I was a big reader as a kid. Um, yeah I still remember like learning to read (laughs) oh that's cool Um, yeah I'm pretty sure the first book that I read by myself was the tortoise and the hare oh yeah but yeah I'm pretty sure it was that book 
which I didn't think was a book. Like that's always been this kind of, what is it? A story or a fable that's yeah. told, but like, I've ne- I didn't know it was a book. That's so I think, I mean, I think it's just the written down version yeah. of that story. Yeah. But it was, I remember, I vividly remember reading it. Yeah. So always really love to read. My sister really likes to read. My mom really likes to read. My dad, not so much. <laughs> we try to get him into it. We buy books that are on topics that are super up his alley. And he, they, they sit on his nightstand unopened <laughs> until it's like covered in dust and time to put away like (laughs) funny um, yeah but he is very happy to support all of the three of our very crazy book buying yeah I love that that's I always think it's really cute when like and sweet when groups of people like to read so whether it's your family or your friends and you know kind of like a book club but like you all like to do that that's really nice yeah it is especially I really love to travel with people who like to read because you know that you're not going to feel pressured to not do it. Like everyone's going to be happy to just sit there and do their own thing for a little bit, which is nice. Yeah. A couple weekends ago, I went away with my roommate and a couple of our friends. And after our day of activities, it was like two or 3 PM. And one of my friends turned and was like, can we just like sit here and read? And I was like, all of us together. This is my (laughs) dream. Like, thank you so much. We did. We just sat in the living room and read respective books. It was great. I loved it. So I love that. What are some of your favorite books? Oh, goodness. Um, hmm. So I have like I have a favorite author, but I don't know that any of her books would be like on their own would be a favorite book. OK. Um, and I have books that have been very impactful, but I also don't know that they would really necessarily be my favorites. Okay. Um, yeah, so like Kate Quinn is my favorite author for historical fiction books. Love it. I Every time she publishes a new book, I have it. I have pre-ordered them because I'm like, I really enjoy. It's very good escapism. It's mm-hmm. like nothing super heavy. Um, and it's all about different times in history, um, which I really enjoy. And then the books that I feel like have really made a strong impact on me um one of them is strangers from a different shore by i have it next to me because i had a feeling you were going to ask about this um (laughs) by ronald takaki um i read that in high school i believe it was like a summer reading assignment for one of my ap classes it's the story of asian american immigrants coming to the u.s throughout history uh and it really made me view the U.S. differently and also just have a greater understanding for what the immigrant experience is like mm-hmm. and as a high schooler I didn't really have any true comprehension of that and I have forced it upon many people to read <laughs> so, uh that's definitely high up on my list and then I also read a book I think in like middle school maybe I'm I'm pretty sure it was middle school or early high school about climate change Mm. that really was a wake-up call um because this is back when it was still being questioned a lot and people were saying that it's not really real but this book just like perfectly laid it out like no we are in danger I think it's called end of nature yeah I remember you telling me about it 
yeah. Um, I mean, it was really not a difficult read because I was probably 14 when I read it at the oldest, but it was very, very interesting. Um, and I remember reading it outside and looking around and just kind of being like, oh no, yeah. <laughs> what, are, what have we done? <laughs> so then do you usually gravitate, you said historical fiction, and then obviously you read a lot of nonfiction, which is opposite to me. Are those two your main genres of reading? Oh, I think so. Um, yeah, I definitely... Historical fiction, I think, is my go-to fiction genre, for sure. I don't really venture too far out of that. I'll, I'll read, like, young adult books that aren't necessarily historical fiction, but they're never really my favorite. They're just, like, quick mm-hmm. through it. Um, I enjoy them, but, like, don't really seek them out. Someone has mm-hmm. to tell me to read them. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, And then, yeah, I really... I don't always love nonfiction and that I think is a little bit more of a struggle for me to read with my job because it feels very much like I'm still working. Um, But with that being said, I also really enjoy like memoirs, which, you know, it's like Mm. a subsection of nonfiction. Uh, I really like biographies. So those, those I enjoy, I can enjoy those a little bit more frequently and don't have to take breaks from the nonfiction yes. when I'm doing something like that, as opposed to a book about, I don't know, the economy in the thirties. <laughs> yeah. There's different types of like nonfictions, right? So there's like those ones that are more entertaining based or somebody's story. And then the ones that like teach you something or whatnot. Yeah. yeah. So then what, at a moment, like lost my train of thought there. Um, so I was going to say, what are some, tropes or plot themes that you like in a fiction novel Ugh, I really don't know that I have any tropes that I enjoy or like seek out um I I like action okay that is true in my movie taste as well as my shows and my books it's all I don't want to read, I'm not a huge, like, romance, lovey-dovey, fits in there, fine, <laughs> but it's yeah. not why I'm reading it, like, uh, yeah, so I like fast-paced, and, like, there to be a lot of things happening, um, something that I didn't really realize I enjoyed, but now, like, thinking back through the books that I read, like, if the books that I reread, or mm-hmm. the books that I enjoy, I like multiple perspectives. Mm-hmm. So I think like it, every chapter is from a different yeah. per- perspective and you're switching back between different people's yeah. experiences. I really do like that. As I say, do you find, cause I talked about this in my last episode with my friend Kara, that you like one person's chapter more than another. So you'll be like, oh, can we get back to that person's chapter? Cause I found that more often than not, there's like one person whose story I like I'm like waiting to get back to their perspective. I don't know. So Kate Quinn does it really, really well. Okay. So I feel like I get pretty equally invested. I might enjoy the plot line of one more than the other, but I'm happy to read them all. Mm -hmm. But the book that I'm reading right now is actually written by multiple authors. Ooh. Yeah. So every author has taken a section and has taken a person's perspective and experience love that it's really interesting 
and and this one I'm kind of struggling with though because okay. you can feel the styles changing which okay. kind of works because like you're you should they're all representing different people so it should yeah. be different yeah um, but I can see how that would be if you let's say you don't like one person's style of writing it's going to make it really difficult to read and yeah and it's pulling me out of like I'm not as invested in every single person's Mm. story because like the first chapter that you also don't go back to them ever again which has been a little hard um yeah I was super invested in the first character really loved I actually I think it was Kate Quinn that wrote that chapter but I don't know that for sure but I was like I think this is hers loved it and then you're you're jumping to all these other people and I'm still just like can I just read the rest of that first yeah (laughs) wait what's this book then it is called ribbons of scarlet and it has one two three four six different authors wow yeah my mom would probably really like this it's also historical fiction right of course of course (laughs) oh that's so interesting yeah that's I think I'm more interested in the fact that you never go back to a character. Like that sounds insane. I would be pissed. (laughs) I'm invested. Yeah. And everyone's just unresolved. Like you you hear you, there's little like moments of interactions between the characters. Yeah. But you nothing, you don't know what's going on in that person's life. And it's so frustrating. It's so wild to me. Yeah. Interesting. And so how often do you put a book down or do you always finish the book as we're talking about one that has moments in which it's not as great as other moments yeah I it it takes a lot for me to put something down okay because I am very type a and I need to finish things so even if I'm tortured honestly if I if I really hate a book I might read it that much faster because I just want to get through it mm-hmm. um but I also don't I don't I can't okay this might be a very controversial thing that I'm about to say, but two of my least favorite books are like classics. Mm-hmm. I did not enjoy, I think it's called Walden. I didn't even, like it was the big, the hardest thing to get through. And I think I only got through it because I had to read it in high school. <gasps> yeah, same. It's horrific. It's so <laughs> difficult. So bad. <laughs> so boring. So boring. No offense, yeah. classics, but like, and I wonder if it'd be different if maybe for me, if I read it now, I doubt it, but like so hard. Yeah. So yeah. hard. Oh I gosh. actually, okay. So I can remember, I never finished reading Catch 22. I never read it. Oh, really? I had a hard time with that one. <laughs> really interesting. Okay. Um, And I wonder if I actually kind of want to try to reread it because mm-hmm. I, I was in high school when I had, when I, and I had to read it for a class and I still didn't finish it. <laughs> and so I wonder if I would have a greater appreciation for it now than I did in high school. But I just remember getting so angry while I was reading it because of the way it's written. It just, it's, it's an infuriating writing style. I did not, did not enjoy. Um, yeah. And then like Catcher in the Rye also had a hard time getting through that one. Really? I think I liked it when I read it in high school, but I know some people like love it. But yeah, interesting. But that one I like could respect the writing of, but I hated the main character. Yeah. 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 Oh, my oh my God. Oh my God. Yeah. And I got the point, but I still yeah. was like, I don't want to read about this shitty person. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, that's funny. 
And it's interesting that you you pick out some, I mean, I wouldn't say like, would they be categorized as classics? I know they're like the ones you read in high school and stuff, but like, I was recently talking to someone where they were saying, you know, I'm rereading the classics and it's a whole different experience to read them as an adult. And I personally don't know how many of them I've read. Like I've never read Pride and Prejudice. I've never read, like there are certain ones that I really truly haven't read. And so my sister, one of her favorite books is The Count of Monte Cristo and I've never read it. Oh yeah, I haven't either. And so Crime and Punishment, all of those. That one I did read. That one I did enjoy. Yeah, I actually did enjoy that one. Okay, a friend gave it to me for my birthday this past year. So like, I I wonder if maybe I would read those and, and like them a little bit more. Um, or have an appreciation for them now as an adult. And so yeah. that'd be interesting. Maybe I'll give Catch-22 another try. Yeah. <laughs> I really yeah. don't want to. But <laughs> I mean, there's so many books out there that like, why? Right, right. And that's why, like, I really have admiration for people who can put a, put something down and not finish it because you're not wasting your time. Whereas yeah. I'm like, oh, and, or even just, I need to know how it ends. Like if I invested at least yeah. 40 pages into it I, yeah. I need to know <laughs> yeah I've always put books down if I didn't like them but I think the more of an avid reader I've become I feel more comfortable with it for that reason where I'm like I know that there's thousands of books out there that like I'm good and if I ever decide to come back to it for some reason like I've come back to books because my friends have been like no it's Kendall it's so good just get to this yeah. point and so I do, or I, what I really do is some of them when they're recommended to me and I really can't get through them, but my friends really love them. I'll skim a lot of it and I can skim to the end and feel like I've, and maybe reread certain points or whatever, but like, I feel like I get a general idea of it and it's better than putting it down permanently. Yeah. So, yeah. That's a good point. I'll say that much, but, yeah. um, but yeah, that's interesting. And so you talked a little bit about books that had a big impact on you. What are some that really impacted you and why? Um, well, so the ones that I said for sure, um, other ones that I read more recently, hmm, had a big impact on me. Well, so I just read a memoir for my work research that's called The Last Girl, My Story of Captivity and My Fight Against the Islamic State by Nadia Murad. That was a very enlightening and very heavy read. It's all about her story and her experiences as a Yazidi woman being captured and tortured mm-hmm. by the Islamic State. And it was so it was beautifully written. So I breezed through it, but it sat with me mm-hmm. and was really, really heavy, which I feel like I don't even have, I don't feel great saying that because from, you know, I didn't experience it. I'm just yeah. reading about it. So I can't even begin to imagine how people feel that have lived through that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's just, I really recommend it. I think it's a great firsthand account and retelling of what happened um yeah so that was one that I read recently um that really yeah yeah it sticks with you stuff like that yeah yeah you almost have to sit and marinate afterwards too yeah Yeah. there was a lot of marinating (laughs) yeah 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 Yeah, that one I wrote down after the last time we talked because I was like I have a feeling it'll take me a minute to get through it but like I would be really interested 
in it. Yeah. I think I read it in like three days max because I just, oh God, it, you, and you know, going into it that there's no real yeah. resolution. So it's, it's hard, but that's even harder. I feel like. Yeah. Oh, that's, I mean, yeah, that's rough. I'm still in the middle of one that isn't that big, but it's like a collection of essays um, by, I think it, it's edited by Roxane Gay and it's called Not That Bad and it's all about rape culture. And mm -hmm. each essay is a different experience. And like the first one, like her introduction, you sit there and you think of your experience as a woman and you're like, well, mine wasn't that bad compared to this, 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 this. Uh, and it just, it put that kind of thing in perspective. And every author is of a different gender identity and race and ethnicity. And wow. it's, I mean, it's really great. Like reading wise, it was like, it's been really easy to read, very engaging. And, and I very much enjoyed it. However, and like, again, like you said, like using some of those words feels icky in some way, but like, it's, I think, needed like to read yeah. these kind of topics um but I haven't even finished it because I just it's hard to be in the mood and 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 to be in the mindset and then knowing that you have to come out of it and like look at the world a little different <laughs> absolutely yeah I because I feel like the books that really make an impact on you are the ones that you're thinking about the ones that I mean the, during the week that I was reading that memoir I like did not want to engage with people because mm -hmm. I just was so wrapped up in my own thoughts and processing mm -hmm. of what I read that I didn't feel like I could be a social person because I just needed to continue that process and yes. you can't do that while you're talking to other people you're being yes. pulled out of your thoughts and I just wanted to sit in them um I've had that happen too after reading or watching a documentary or something where then and it's a horrible thought, but I feel like engaging with my friends or people feels superficial, even when it isn't, yeah. but like, it feels yeah. superficial and it feels like, like I'm a bad person for doing so when you know that this other thing is happening or exists or whatatever else. And so, no, I totally get it. And so yeah. it's like, I'll stay in my cocoon for like, yes, a exactly. yeah. Yeah. And, but then you honestly need that to pull yourself out of it. So you do yeah. it something you need to allow yourself to re-enter society, but yeah. Yeah. Ugh. And so what's a book that you wish you could read again for the very first time? I think I'm going to stick with, I vividly remember my answer to this the first time we talked because I don't think I want to. I feel like I enjoy rereading some books, um, mm -hmm. but for me, the joy in that is finding new things that you didn't notice before. Ooh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So I feel like I'm never really rereading and having the same experience over and over again. It's new every time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I don't think that I really would want to reread for the first time because you get to you're, that's like putting you back at square one, whereas now you're at square 10 or however many times yeah. you've read it and you yeah. had 10 different experiences with it. I Yeah, I think that yeah. that's my perspective on that. Yeah, that's a good answer. I've now started annotating, not fiction books yet, but nonfiction ones. If I own them, I've started annotating them. And I've thought often about what it would be like to pick it up again, read it again with my like annotations and then see like you said if I would like pick up a new 
something with it and or look at that comment and be like you stupid girl like why and it's Kendall you're brilliant like look at that comment right (laughs) and your experience with a book is so dependent upon where you are in that moment in your life Mm -hmm. and so I think that that's really great to be annotating and you can go back to it's like a little diary and you're looking back to where you were what you were thinking at that moment in time yeah oh yeah and again the type a person that I am the highlighting and the sticky notes on the beautiful different colors like it's my dream yeah it's just (laughs) it's the best showing showing my example (laughs) best yeah so I have some book recommendations that we kind of we talked about a lot of them before but I'm going to go over them again for the purposes of this episode, everyone. So the first one is based on the show on Apple TV called Blackbird. It's in with the devil, a fallen hero, a serial killer, and a dangerous bargain for redemption by James Keen and Hill Levin, I believe. Sorry for any mispronunciations. But it's basically based on the true story of this uh, man James Keene who was a drug dealer who was arrested put in jail and then the FBI comes to him and gives him it makes him a deal and says if you help us by going undercover in a very maximum security prison with a bunch of serial killers and shit and find out from this one serial killer where he hid the bodies of the girls that he murdered you will be released from prison and throughout the book you find out that there are reasons other than his own you know other than for his own life that he kind of wants to be released there's family he wants to see etc and you go through his journey with him in this prison talking to this serial killer and it's the show is phenomenal um the book was really interesting I listened to it on an audiobook and I just remember sitting at my desk being like on the edge of my seat and like anytime somebody came up to my desk I was like get away from me like (laughs) I don't talk to me um And then my second one, these are two of my nonfiction suggestions for you. Second one is a newer suggestion. So this past weekend was the National Book Festival in Washington, D.C. And I went and I sat on a panel about true crime in media and in society. And one of the authors that was there on that panel was Sarah Weinman. And she was discussing her newest book. It's called Evidence of Things Seen, True Crime in an Era of Reckoning. And so it's a anthology. So she basically edits this, but it's a bunch of different authors. And so it's different crime, true crime or crime writers who discuss various crimes and shine a light on the ones that don't get the same notoriety for obvious reasons. And then they also how true crime has impacted social change and how true crime has been impacted over the years. And it was very interesting to hear her discuss on the panel. And I'm very, very excited to read the book. And I figured... Leah likes her true crime documentaries, maybe. She'll be interested in this book. (laughs) And then some fun books. Um, None Shall Sleep by Ellie Marnie. I will never stop recommending to everybody. It's a fast read. It's an easy read. It's a little dark. It's kind of a young adult version of Silence of the Lambs. But um, it's about a, the main character, Emma, is the victim of a serial killer. And she's the only survivor. And her she gets asked by the FBI to join a task force to interview children serial killers and just kind of get an understanding of why they are the way they are and the FBI thought using children to talk to other children is the best way 
and she works with um, her partner, Travis, whose father was a U.S. Marshal who was murdered in the line of duty. And so the two of them kind of go on this quest and get mixed up with, an, with a real serial killer. And one of the people that they're interviewing in the book is a child serial killer. And he's probably one of the only characters written that like haunts me. Like he's so well-written. He's so creepy. He is a serial that killer. notion is creepy as hell. So oh, creepy. God. I mean- if you watched Criminal Minds, like this is for you, Silence of the Lambs, this is for you. But I think Ellie Marnie, it's just, it was, it's great. And the second book came out this year and I devoured them both in days. Like it was so, so good. Are they both like uh, books in a series? About yes. Like- so I think it's going to be a trilogy. Okay. Um, Because I messaged her on Instagram and she answered my DM and said it should be. So here's hoping. But it's, I mean, the way... She writes that one character who's this, like was the teenage serial killer is just so creepy and haunting and you almost like you almost want to like him but you know he's a serial killer it's so well done Ooh. um it's yeah it's really good I'm really excited um and then the next one is the night swim which I think I've um suggested on this podcast before and it's about a true crime podcaster who goes to the small town to report for her season about a crime that is now being tried in court and um it's about a rape trial and in the middle of this she starts getting all these secret notes about another crime a drowning a supposed drowning in the same town that she should investigate because it isn't what it seems and so she goes on this journey to look at both of these cases and I found it very interesting. It was very fast paced. Uh, the Night Swim by Megan Golden. And her second book just came out. And so I'm really excited. I picked it up from the library today. And it continues with that main character who's a podcast host. And so I'm curious to see what Ooh, the yeah. next time that she solves is. Yeah. Um, and then the last one, which listeners, the first time we recorded this, this one got the biggest reaction from Leah. And I think it's the longest I've sat with somebody on this podcast and discussed a single book. And I'm so glad that she had any sort of reaction to it. And you'll see it in the clip on Instagram that I post. But the book is called Unwind by Neil Schusterman. It's one that I read in high school. And when I read it in high school, I don't think I had any true comprehension of what the topic was in the same way that I do now as an adult. But basically, the story is that the United States has had a second civil war that happened. And this time around, it was all about reproductive rights. So I know we're all sitting here going, huh, this is a little too close to home. And basically, the decision was that life is valuable from the moment of conception until the age of 13. So between the ages of 13 to 18, parents have the option to unwind their child, which means that an unwinding means that your child basically dies, but their body and every part of their body is donated for medical reasons, science, et cetera. And so the book follows the lives of three children. One is a part of a very big family and a very big religious family. And he's the 10th child. And so I don't know much about different religions, but basically as the 10th child, he's supposed to be like sacrificed. So he's going to be unwound. The second kid 
that you follow. She is a foster child. She's an incredibly talented pianist. She's brilliant. She's kind. She's wonderful. However, being a foster child and not having a permanent adoption and not having a family, the system can't take her anymore. And so she has to be unwound. Then the third character that you see on this journey is your classic teenager who is disobeying his parents and sneaking out at night and being reckless and everything to the point where his parents basically decide to unwind him because they cannot deal with him any longer. So those are three different perspectives and it's insane. And it's a, I think it's a trilogy. I think I read the first two books. Maybe it's a series, um, but it, it, it then turns into more of a dystopian style, you know, series, but I mean, I still have such a visceral reaction to this. I hate this. <laughs> it hits differently. That is just, I don't know. <laughs> Insane. Yeah. Yeah. And I wonder like, is it again at this age? And I think about it very differently. Than I did in high school In high school it was horrifying, but like, I don't think I understood the, what it meant to be a woman, what it meant to have my rights taken away and like my choice, et cetera. Um, but I think about it now and I'm like, are you making fun of, or, you know, throwing in everybody's face, kind of the exaggeration of what this could be, or, you know, like what, yeah, what is the message behind it? And what are you trying to say? But it's like having that placing the value on a life from conception Two thirteen is such a weird notion for me. I, I, yeah, the conception thing, like, definitely is related to you know abortion rights and all that stuff. Mm. At least in my perspective, that's mm. he's. It was a male author, right? Yes, I believe so. Yeah, I think that that's what he was doing. Yeah, but I'm just thinking about like the foster care system and the fact that we cannot get our shit together to put restrictions on gun rights and all of these other things that have a massive effect on the experience of children mm-hmm. before the age of 13 and yeah. it's interesting that he selected a character to be someone in foster care and that I feel like that story would be an interesting read the other two I'm I don't know <laughs> but yeah. I just, yeah. I will say those three stories I I find it very interesting, those three characters and like the foster child one, like you said, is interesting and shines a light on something. I think the adolescent who is too much for his parents to take is similar. And, but at the same time, you're sitting there kind of like, this is the most exaggerated thing. Like you're just going to give up on your kid. And then the other one obviously is based on, you know, an extreme religion. Very interesting, but it's wild. And I think If I remember correctly as well, like because the life is valued from the moment of conception, if so, you have to carry your child to term if you are with child. But if you drop it off at someone's doorstep, on someone's doorstep, at a fire station, whatever, if you get caught, you like go to jail, like you get in very big trouble with the law. However, the minute you drop it off at someone's doorstep, it's their responsibility, like period. If I remember correctly. Yeah. So it's all these interesting takes. And I think the first book really examines all of that. And if I remember correctly, the second book is when it kind of gets more dystopian and you're just following the kid's experience at trying to change this system. 
So thinking about what you just said, I feel like that is getting at the fact that if we really are going to create a society in which conception is the moment of value that we place on this life and that Mm -hmm. like you cannot abortion is out of the question you have Mm -hmm. to carry the term that if we allow that to be the case then we are creating a society in which every single child is the society's responsibility yeah we're taking away autonomy from individuals then we have to all be ready to support these children that are going to come into being against the will of their parents mother whatever yeah it reminds me of that video on um instagram and i sorry for not remembering who it is or who took it um but where this guy's going around interviewing people who are protesting at like planned parenthood etc and he basically asks a bunch of women that are standing there like oh well how many kids have you adopted then or how many kids have you taken in and they're like no, no no i have like four of my own i have one of my own and he's like well then like how are you helping? Like, what are you doing? Right. Are you prepared <laughs> to adopt all of the children yeah. born because you're pissing on like, uh, yeah. yeah. So yeah, but it's interesting. And I, I'll say this is a spoiler for everybody listening. I don't know how many people are going to read the book, but this is a spoiler. But the character who, um, she's a foster child she and the guy whose parents basically give up on him they kind of fall in love and they have their own love story and there's a guy in the book a kid who like bullies her and is like really inappropriate with her and like bullies her and he has like a tattoo on his arm and he's just like this bad kid and something ends up happening to the adolescent who um whose parents give up on him I believe his name's Connor and so something happens to Connor and where he loses his arm. And so when he gets a replacement arm, it actually happens to be the bully's arm. And like she then as his girlfriend or his I I, I just <laughs> to like reckon with the fact that like the arm that's now putting, you know, touching her, hugging her, whatever is that arm. And it's psychological torture. I don't know. Like that's it's a wild story and experience and like to read. And I I just I remember my mom and I reading it and being like, what the fuck? But it kind of sit and think and like feel uncomfortable. And I, I'd be curious to understand what the author was. That That's exactly what I'm thinking. Like, where, where does this come from? Where where did this idea, how did it manifest? I don't know. Maybe I'll look it up because I'm now curious, but it's, yeah, I just, I know I didn't finish the series. Like, I think it, it, at the time it was just a lot. Like, it was different than reading, you know, Divergent or any one of those kind of dystopian books that I was reading that's young adult. Like, this one just hit a little different. Um, So I didn't continue with it. But wild. Like, yeah, I don't, insane. It's like a very extreme version of The Giver. And I, yeah. I don't know. I feel yeah. Like- yeah. Which also one that I wonder if I read it now, like what oh, I, I love that book. Yeah. Yeah. Did you ever read the second one? I don't remember. I didn't, but I didn't even know it was a series at the time. I can't remember. It's so interesting. So yeah, those are my book suggestions for you. Kind of insane and wild. Um, And I will give a note to listeners if you're looking for any of these books. I know I always plug Goodreads in my episodes. 
Um, Goodreads is owned by Amazon. So I've started using Storygraph, which is small business, woman-owned, very similar to Goodreads. It allows you to import all of your Goodreads uh, information if you don't want to start from scratch into your account. Yeah, so it sets it up for you. It also has a really cool feature that I didn't find on my Goodreads that it shows you kind of stats. So like the moods of the books you're reading, the genres you're reading the most of, how long it takes you to read, which I was kind of offended by that one if I'm not. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I was like, I don't need any markers. <laughs> yeah, like slow, fast, medium. They're like, you're medium. And I was like, I'm offended. I'm a fast reader, I thought. But I'm really enjoying it. It's what I spent a couple hours today doing is like organizing my story graph um, you know, page and everything profile. So I, I highly suggest using Storygraph, everyone. It's great, but I download it, but it's very good to know that I can just transfer my Goodreads stuff in there. Yeah, super easy. I and I know there were a couple books that were missing definitely from it when I went to like update my reading challenge for the year, but I mean, it's better than starting from scratch, and I feel really great about supporting. Storygraph, so I'm all for it. That's awesome. Yeah. Um. So this I is books to my list of what <laughs> I want to read. <laughs> yeah. So this is a fun, always interesting question I like to ask people. And as somebody that likes movies and TV, what's better, the book or the movie? Ugh, I think it really depends. Um. I I always get disappointed if I really loved a book and the movie is lacking very easily mm. includable. Is that even a word? Yeah. <laughs> Details. Like, yeah, I think that that's, I don't know if it's a budgetary issue or whatever, but you can like super easily keep the color of the shirt the same or get mm. the right breed of cat or <laughs> all of these things that I don't understand why it's not done. Um, so that always kind of rubs me the wrong way immediately, regardless of whether or not it's a good movie. I'm just like, you, you could have done this and you didn't. Yeah, for sure. Especially yeah. like there, there are moments too where they like miss a key chapter or like a key place or, you know, a character is somehow not there anymore. And, you know, I get Maybe it. That I can more, yeah, I can understand that more because you have to keep the runtime to a certain like you can't really include all of the characters, all the events, but you can include the details that are not going <laughs> to add to the time. I don't, it's yeah. just, yeah. I like that. The breed of cat, just like get it right. Yeah, it's not that hard. <laughs> yeah. I'd say having zero experience in the movie <laughs> industry. <laughs> yeah, same. Having nothing but opinions. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And so if you wrote a book about your life, what would the title be? Okay. So... This, this one, so probably starting in like college, I started using this mantra to help me do things that I was afraid of. Okay. Um, and so what I would always tell myself in my head is one, two, three, fuck it. And that would be my lead up to doing anything that I was really nervous. If it was a conversation I was nervous about having or a, an exam or even mm -hmm. just like, I don't know going to a new workout class or, or going to some event that I knew no one. Um, I just had that going on in my head and that really helped me 
push past the overthinking, the anxiety and all the lovely things that come with being human and just go for it and get out of my head and do it. So I yeah. Okay. It, has, it has been a, a very big part of my internal dialogue since I started using it. So that would probably be my title. That's a good title. I want to start saying that too. It's so nice. I mean, it's free really, there's all the research about like how you talk to yourself is one of the most important things that you're conscious and aware of. And you can make such a difference in how you feel about yourself just by yeah a good dialogue in your head and I think that that's one of the things that it's it's a little bit easier to do that rather than being like complimenting yourself all the time because that can, that is just not an easy thing to implement no but implementing something where it's just kind of encouraging you to go out and do it and who cares like you'll deal with the consequences if there are any you have to get but you have to do it to get there so yeah that's a good answer Thank you. So what is the last really good book you read? I mean, that memoir was like incredible. Mm -hmm. Just mentioned. Um, I'm trying to think of like something that I've read, not for work though. Um, (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, What was the last book that I finished? Oh, um, I read... Oh my God, what is it called? Damn. Is it the White Supremacy Consult my app. <laughs> Hang on a second. The one that I will not be using after today. There you go. Um, I cannot remember what it was called. Oh, Daughters of Sparta by Claire Haywood. That was the last book I, last book for pleasure that I finished reading. Um, and it was really very enjoyable it was all about Troy and all the drama there um it was very I would say a pretty young adult read um Mm -hmm. I think I'm trying to think back now if there was any scandalous detail I can't remember (laughs) um but my sister had recommended it to me and I really burned through it by the pool (laughs) like got that done very quickly (laughs) um yeah which was nice I love to read outside so the summer I do think that I definitely have an uptick in finishing books because I love to just sit outside in the peace and quiet soak up some yeah. sun yeah yeah you posted person. on Instagram a couple weekends ago you were at a bachelorette party and like it was what like eight or nine a.m and you were just sitting outside with a book and I was like that's the way it was so and nice it. and there was a little creek and all the trees and you hear all the birds and the like, you hear bugs too which I yeah. think I, I enjoy as long as they're not near me like <laughs> Uh, yeah, it was, it was very peaceful. Yeah. And so what's a book on your list that you're waiting to read or you're going to read next? Um, well, so I'm in the middle of two right now. So it's the ribbons of what was, what was it called? Ribbons of Scarlet, the one that mm-hmm. I was just talking about. And then I'm also reading my memory. Um, are you always reading like a fiction and then a nonfiction, especially as you're doing your research right now for work? Um, not, no. Like right now, the two books that I'm reading are both fiction. It's completely, I have no idea what it's called. Oh, wait, I know it's in my calendar. Hang on. Because <laughs> I'm doing a book club with some friends for this one. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So we have our first meeting about it on the 23rd. So I have to read. Love a book club. 
and it's definitely holding me accountable let me tell you yeah. oh it's called all the light we cannot see by anthony yes, Storr. I've heard of that it's i'm probably like 50 pages in it's pretty good yeah i'm i it's a very unique writing style um and everyone that i've talked to who has read it has said it's incredible so yeah. i'm excited to get more into it um yeah so i'm reading those two right now i do typically try to read a nonfiction and a fiction um mm-hmm. But it doesn't always happen like that. Like I, I'm going to the beach in September, and I'm planning to bring probably the book club book, maybe one other fiction book, and then I'm torn between. So I have two books actually now that I'm not sure which one I want to do next. Mm. Um, one is called Why We're Polarized. Whoa, words. <laughs> Why we're polarized mm. by Ezra Klein. Oh, yeah. That one I feel like I would really like. Yeah. And it's all about, I actually have to reread this little blurb because I'm forgetting. It's just about like the America's political system. Yeah. And how we've created the society that we've created. Um, so that one I'm very excited to read. And then the other one is called Ratline, I think, by Philippe yes. Sands. Yeah. So that one, so Philippe Sands is a very, very, prolific author he came to speak at GW this past spring semester um and t- to talk about his newest book which I also have but have not gotten to yet uh and the Ratline book in particular is more focused on the holocaust and I don't exactly remember the angle he takes to it um but he is an international lawyer and he does a lot of research and writing and work on international human rights law and stuff like that so I'm weird I guess that I mean it kind of intersects between work and pleasure but yeah, <laughs> yeah I'd yeah. probably do that for fun yeah mm-hmm. I remember you telling me about that one and I immediately like try to put it on hold at the library um for audiobook purposes I feel like nonfiction, I do better audiobook wise it's like a podcast yeah, sure. um, depending on the topic um and I'm in, I'm really curious and interested to read it. So I'm pretty sure it's on Spotify as a podcast. Oh yeah, you did say that. Yeah, I don't I don't know if it's him reading it or if he's talking about it, but it looks like there's different episodes. So my assumption is that she he's reading a chapter per episode, yeah. but I don't know. I could be wrong. I have not looked into it. Yeah, but that'll be interesting. Maybe I'll look up the Spotify as I'm waiting for it too. I think I yeah. Because yeah. I even was looking through the descriptions and I couldn't tell if it was a word for word or mm-hmm. yeah, I'm not sure. Um, yeah. But he has he's British, so he has a lovely voice. So, <laughs> yeah. Love um, an accent. Yeah, it's always always lovely. I do really enjoy a good audiobook too, and I think I'm similar to you in that I well actually I don't know I I listened to The Handmaid's Tale. That was a good audiobook. Mm, I bet um, it would be. Yeah. But then the two that I really, really loved, one was um, by Malcolm Gladwell, who also has an incredible voice. Mm. Ooh, his podcast too, so great. Um, and I'm forgetting, I think, it, I think it was his book, was it Talking to Strangers? Yeah, that one's really popular. And I remember you telling me about that one. That one, there are some moments in that book that I I vividly remember listening to it. This was when I was at my last job and I needed something to keep me 
energized and awake while I was doing it. Um, and so there, but there were moments where I'd realized that I was just like staring at my computer and at a loss for words and thought because of what I was listening to. And I was just like, what? It's really, it's mind blowing. Um, hmm. And then the other one was a David Sedaris book. And I can't remember which one it was. It was one of his more recent ones, but my sister is super into David Sedaris, loves his stuff. I have never really tried to read it. Um, and so she told me to l- listen to the audiobook for this new one. And I loved it. It's very light and funny. Really? Yeah, actually, light and funny isn't the right word. <laughs> he has a great sense of humor. And regardless okay. of what he's writing about, it comes it comes through. Which okay. is huge talent. I don't know how yeah. to do that. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, those I want to, I'll add them too. Cause I, the, talking with strangers sounds like one, like you said, over an audiobook. I think I would really enjoy. And if you listen to his podcast, it is kind of like that. Um, okay. I mean, he's a pretty consistent author and has a very particular style. Yeah. Um, so I, yeah, I feel like it's going to, if you read anything by him, it's pretty similar. Mm-hmm. But it's just, it's definitely very educational. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's, that's what I'll say. <laughs> I'm excited to read it then. Ugh, got so many new books. I know this has been so good. I love getting all these new recommendations as I sit here with my pile of books that I need to remember. <laughs> I, I really know that one. <laughs> I know I have like three technically piles right now that I put on my like near my nightstand or in my nightstand in like the cubby to remind myself that like those are my next reads. And I haven't really made a dent in them because then library books come available. Leah, that's it. We've like burned through our hour. That's crazy. We did it. Two we times. Did it. We did it. Nice. <laughs> Leah, thank you so much for being here. And again, thank you so much for giving me two, now four hours of your time with this <laughs> podcast. I greatly appreciate it. I know how busy you are. So thank you so much has been a pleasure honestly getting to do it again was just as fun as doing it the first time so (laughs) it all turned out for the best (laughs) yeah oh thank you so much and everybody stay tuned for the next set of episodes bye everyone thank you for listening to unofficial book club where life and stories meet the book club episode you can listen wherever you get your podcasts and if you're interested in any of the books that were discussed in this episode or any of the episodes They're always listed in the show notes. Follow me on Instagram and TikTok at unofficialbookclubpod. And don't forget to rate and share with all of your friends. Until next time.